Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode 125 for the Endless Hills podcast. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this absolutely glorious but bailing weather. Keeping yourselves safe and hydrated. Uh, obviously, I'm John. You'll know me by now, hopefully. Uh, I'll be hosting the day along with Francis. Ross, how are you boys doing? All good, mate. Very, very tired after my escapades yesterday at Jerry Cinnamon. And then I was away to Burnt Island today, so I've no stopped, but... Uh, in a good couple of days. <laughs> ah, you'll be glad for the rest, mate. What are you, Franny? Oh, aye. I'm not bad. I was up at uh, St Andrews yesterday at the golf John. Wee bit tired as well, just being in the nice weather, but maybe not as tired as Ross. He's obviously suffering from maybe a wee bit of the alcohol and that as well. I was unfortunately <laughs> well, driving, so... I'll tell you, see if, see if I'd a pound for every time I banged my knee off the seat in front, I bet I wouldn't need to do this podcast. <laughs> I will Dave Goldie see if he ever pops up in the comments he'll get a mouthy for me I've managed to sort him out with a ticket for it for the golf and I bumped into him and he had a great idea a great location to watch the winning putts and everything come in we were behind a, a Harris fence and we boarded and all we've seen bugger all I've never seen the winning putt or anything oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say as well everybody in the chat who's joining in commenting and everything else thanks for, for tuning in um, everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. I'm trying to get through as many comments as possible. Stop but... saying hello, hello. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get through as many comments as possible. Uh, but I let's do what I kick things off. Obviously, um, at the weekend there, we um had a friendly uh game against Blackburn, who we've got a bit of history with. Uh, and uh, by all accounts, <clears throat> quite, a, quite a decent game, a good run out. Um, started with a pretty strong starting eleven, uh, as close to a first team as we could possibly well, <coughs> potentially get. With Starfield being out and Wells taking his place, uh, and maybe Hattie instead of Tumble. Uh, but so, what, what, just coming to you first, Francis. Just initially, what was your what was your thoughts when you seen the lineup? Did you think they were treating it like a friendly, or was it you, you <coughs> thinking it was we were going to take this like a quite a competitive game? I think just because of what of what only got like now two. Two friendlies left, I think, before league campaign. I, I, I was the type of lineup I was expecting. You've got to get the the starting eleven a wee bit stronger, and I think as well, obviously, uh, Wednesday's game will be maybe of a similar sort of standard. Then obviously Saturday again, I think it'll be a lot of the first team players. Not obviously expect them to play the full ninety, maybe 50, 60 minutes <coughs> and stuff. So I think it'll just be about getting guys that have got to be more the the first team type players. Just get them. Get them up to speed. So it was it was the type of lineup I expected, John, to be honest with you. So I just think the next sort of a, three games will be a, of a similar sort of a standard in the lineup. Yeah, I agree with that. What about yourself, Ross? Did you think it was going to be we were going to treat it like more like a competitive fixture, or did you see it as just another run out? Um, essentially, it's it's another run out. But like Franny says, it's getting closer to that first game of the season against Aberdeen. Uh, Spark at Parkhead it's against a better team again uh, than what we've faced probably on paper uh, so I expected it to be as, as strong as possible uh, Welsh was in there it, it, it's maybe telling for Julian when you look at it in the face of it. I still think Julian's a good player but uh, oh, we might uh, get to that shortly <laughs> uh, well look, looking at it it, it it looks like if Starfelt's out then obviously Welsh could possibly have the jersey, but I don't know. Time will tell. But um, I it was it was a good run out, played at a good pace, but a, a pace a competitive match certainly, and uh, 
Blackburn were not holding back. <laughs> Absolutely not. And if the the start the way they started the match is anything to go by, it, it set the pace for the rest of the game. Um, twenty seconds in, I think we were a goal down. Um, I, I don't know. It was it was it O'Reilly that attempted to pass it back to McGregor. I think it was O'Reilly, mm. but he had it. He had it like, like a volley, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, and, and Cal Mack obviously couldn't control it. They, they obviously then got through uh, and slotted home twenty seconds. And did you think uh, Ross? First of all, when they scored that early on, did you see that as like a bit of a shock? Were you were you thinking this was a sign of things to come, or were you just confident that we'd settle down and get back? Um, uh, well, I mean, any goal in the first set, thirty seconds of a match is a shock. You would have to say, but uh, it was. One of the ones it was, they're, they're just the game's just started. There's an early mistake. Sometimes the opposing team they'll pounce on it, and because it's early, they don't take advantage of it. But this time they did. I think, obviously, like you say, O'Reilly sort of fizzed it into McGregor, and nothing he could do with it really. And then at that point, for that point on, the defence was sort of over the place. They weren't set. Juranovic let his man go. He got through, and he took it. They worked out the goal well, to be fair. Uh, but. I don't think that. I mean, again, it's a friendly. I was never. You're never overly worried anyway. You're quite relaxed because it's it's just getting the boys up to speed. But it's like when they went one down at Ibrox. I never. I wasn't panicked. I, I, I thought that like they're they're enough going forward. And to me, on the face, it Celtic are probably a better team in Blackburn. And I think that two two didn't tell the full story of the match. I thought Celtic controlled the match. If they lost that goal, I thought they controlled the match pretty much then to the end. And the second half, they lost a bit of cohesion. There was a lot of substitutions. It happens in these friendlies. They just didn't... Well, they still controlled the match, but they didn't sort of get the cohesion in the first half where they got their noses in front and then they let Blackburn into it. It's not a big deal. But like I say, the 2-2... Two, two, didn't reflect the, the match for me and I thought once again we looked going forward absolute dynamite at times yeah. I feel like you that Francis and you want to add to that quickly before we move on to the goals themselves no I think it's pretty much summed it up alright it was like the first goal I think for a Blackburn point of view you could that, you could say it was good play for them because they pressed the ball really well and stuff and, and won it back well like Ross said it's just you, you can get caught cold in the first first minute of a game and stuff these they really do happen, but they can happen. But I think after that, we, we did control the match. And yeah, going into the second half, like Ross said, when you make that amount of substitutions and stuff, it, it tends to happen in a game, especially that's when the friendly sort of a <clears throat> aspect of the game sort of a kicks in. Because sometimes you're, not, you're maybe shoehorning players into a position, just putting players into a position just to get minutes in their legs that guys are maybe playing, well, not really comfy playing. So, but I uh, still controlled the game for the majority of it. and like we, like we said there as well, like the two two the draw, like the result is not really the key thing here. It's the nature of the performance. I mean, I, I'd say to or a different group chat with me, Ross and Pete, so I was like, I appreciate obviously your team this season compared to last season's absolute night and day. But last season, if you go on results alone, our preseason wasn't great last season, so I'm not paying too much attention to the results this season. If I'm, I'll happily have not the greatest results in pre-season if we, we win the league every year so there is it's more the performance that I'm, you look at in, in these friendlies for me it's not the results are only the, the main thing really 
<laughs> just before we get as well, because obviously they scored very early on and they pressed us immediately for the first whistle. Uh, it was a bad, I mean, it was, they got a lucky break because it was a bad pass back and Cal McGregor was like, nobody is, is controlling that with the, the sort of pace that O'Reilly hit it with. But is it a concern that we were, we're kind of opening ourselves up to that kind of um, early sort of, like, we, it seems at least in this preseason, and we've seen it in other games in the past, um, that Celtic for the first maybe opening five ten minutes struggle to find their feet a wee bit and settle into the, the tempo of the game or, or 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 grab the game by the neck so to speak. Would would you agree with that sentiment? Is it, or do you think it's something that was just a one off? Um, are you talking to me there? Did I not see you? I thought I said Ross. Uh, maybe you did. <laughs> maybe you did. Um, well, <clears throat> certainly in that game and the the Banica Strava game, I'm pretty sure we went down. We went down 1-0 in both games. And I think I said in the group chat uh, the, in the Banneker Strava game, or it might have been, the, I can't mind what game it was, but I said at the, in the chat that we need to start better. And obviously you do, because you don't want to keep going into games and going one down. You, you want to get a foothold in the game and go one in front, obviously. But yeah. it's not a, a, a massive concern for me. Again, it's friendlies. They're, I think they'll probably, when they're playing, a more competitive game, their heads will be in it more and they'll be concentrated for minute one. Uh, so it's it's not a massive concern, but it is it has happened in the last two games. So there is something there possibly. And what about yourself, Francis? Do you feel like going into a season where we well that this is pretty much the only prep we've got prior to uh, Champions League football again like group stages and the draw hasn't been done yet, but we're the, the calibre of teams we're going to be up against uh, are teams that are going to be at our throats for the whistle as well. We're used to obviously teams sitting back against us, and that's not going to be the case. Do you think that no being able to set, sort of settle into the game is going to cost us in these European games? Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure because I think that type of thing can happen any game at any level. We just you can just get caught cold. I think like Ross touched in there. I think. We're hoping anyway when it gets to a competitive match, players will be a wee bit more switched on. They're maybe just being a friendly, just maybe not right at it, not at it for minute minute one essentially. But I reckon if it, if it's happening in competitive games, I would be more concerned. It's pre-season games. It's one of them you kind of, it's not great to see, but you almost let it, let it slide, so to speak. But if it was happening more in, Competitive games on, I would I would start getting concerned, but not not so much in in preseason friendlies, and yeah. I just think in general that type of thing can happen at any level at any game. What what I would say is though that it's evident that Ange is looking to probably address that and the fact that he's looking at a, a, a midfielder who has got very good ball retention, <laughs> Mister Moy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that just really? shortly. <laughs> I'll ask you to elaborate on this further uh, <laughs> I want to touch on as I said the game itself obviously we went down a goal uh, 20 seconds in and it did by I mean the first maybe 5 or 10 minutes of that game as you alluded to was a wee bit <coughs> shaky for us but we were, we were kind of trying to find our feet uh, but once maybe about 10 minutes into the game once we got a hold of it once we, we started to dictate the tempo <coughs> Uh, and then we started to press Blackburn, uh, and I think that the rest of that half we were in we were in control. Uh, obviously, the the, the equalising goal um, to, to to bring us back into it was all, was was a well taken finish. Um, was it fifteen minutes or so into the into the first half? Was it Jota 
scored that sort of half volley. Um, what what did you make of the the sort of the build up to that goal and the goal itself, Ross? Um, the build up, um, I can't really make. It was it was fair corner, I'm oh. sure, and. Obviously, the corner, I don't know how they won the corner, but uh, the corner comes in, Kyogo, no very big, obviously, but he wins a header, and we score for a set piece, essentially. He knocks it down, and Jota just does what Jota does. He takes that with just pure class. It's a classy finish, because he has to, he catches it in the half volley, but not only does he catch it in the half volley, he has to cut across it to get it in mm. to that far corner. So it's it's a very deliberate finish in the sense that he's cut across it to get it in, away from the keeper. Uh, it was it was a tremendous finish and a, a really good goal. And like you say, that just... I think we were getting a foothold in the game, but that just pushed us on. Uh, and the, the, the press, uh, it was brilliant in that first half. And the way like they won the ball back and then... like The, the movement, it's constant, the movement... Whoever's got the ball, there's three or four guys and they're all going into space. They're all looking for the ball. Everybody wants the ball. It's just brilliant to watch and they're all confident in taking the ball on the half turn. It's it's really, really good going forward. But no, defence, it's still, there's still moments, but it's again, it's pre-season eh, and obviously the, the, the partnership of Carter Vickers and Starfield has been brought up, which will no help. But aye, all in all, certainly the first half, Going forward was tremendous. Nah, I feel like yeah, I think barring their the early goal, uh, I think we should we showed complete control and dominance uh, in that first half. Uh, just again <clears throat> touching on that first goal, um, Francis, you obviously as I say, it's, it's came in, the build up play to get the corner. I thought it we, we, we was really really well. I'm sure it was a effort by Turnbull. I think uh, that was maybe turned away. I might be wrong, uh, but I seem to recall. Um, obviously, it came for the corner, and as as Ross pointed out. Uh, the intent was there. He knew exactly what he was doing and where he was aiming for, um, and, he, and he, t- he took it really well. And that sort of put us, obviously, they equalised, uh, and we, we got a foothold in that game. Did Did you think that that was a turning point itself, and we started to push on for there? I think slightly, John, because we were obviously press, pressing the ball high up again and winning it back. But obviously, the goal gives you a wee bit of confidence just to to kick on. And certainly after that, we certainly seemed to be. Really, really in control. I thought O'Reilly was brilliant on Saturday. Just he was winning. I thought he was winning the ball back quite high up the park a lot of times. Jota just looked on right up for it. Abada, I thought looked. Um, I can't. His wingers are a kind of confidence player, but he looked fully confident. Tumble, I thought was Tumble actually performed really good. He was, he was looking good. There was not many like going forward. Our, our attacking options and attacking players really, really performed and looked sharp and stuff. So. It was, it was good seeing. Obviously, I know it's not a competitive goal, but guys like Jota and stuff like that. Uh, there you go, combination. Obviously, the attackers kind of getting their, their <clears throat> campaign off with like scoring goals. Obviously, not competitive goals, but it will give them a wee bit of confidence just to just to kick on, John. So uh, it was. I think just it was pleasing to see how players like Jota and Abada look like. Uh, well, and O'Reilly just looked like they're maybe taking their game a wee bit, a wee bit on a wee bit because I, I was really impressed by O'Reilly looked a lot stronger and a lot quicker. I don't, 
I mean, that could be down to Blackburn. I don't know if they're there in their preseason. They might be just a wee bit off the pace. No, but I, would, I would agree with some that. Some performances I was impressed with. They looked like they'd maybe taken themselves up a wee, a wee notch or two. Yeah. <coughs> no, I mean, I certainly agree with the, the, the O'Reilly thing. He's, he, 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 he looks bigger, like, compared to... Uh, so, I mean, he's training and everything else, but he's, mm-hmm. he, he, like he says, there's a few guys that seem to be coming on, and I think that, I mean, I said this previously, uh, O'Reilly for me is going to be up there or in contention for player of the year this year, I think. Uh, he's going to be starting for us now on every game, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you're right, I mean, the, the, some of the guys had great games, Tumble. Uh, really, really well. I think everybody in that first half who started played really, really well. Barring the, the, the mistake, of the first goal, we seemed to have control. It we were never really, there was never really any doubt. We weren't even we weren't even really under any real pressure <coughs> for that forty-five minutes. Uh, but obviously, we get to half time, one-one, uh, and then uh, there's a drafty, the whole rafty changes made. And springs in, uh, chops and chains the lineup a wee bit, and then. We start to see a different game in the second half. It's a little bit more tense, uh, but Seagrist uh, shows his worth instantly um, and starts pulling off a couple of cracking saves. Ross, uh, what was your opinion? Uh, firstly, I want I want to ask: Were you surprised at the omission of uh, Jack Marcus? Um, no surprise. No, um, I think it's it's going to chop and change between the two. Uh, we've, we've all said well. I've not said personally, but a lot of the boys have said that they would like to see two. Even the co- boys in the comments and that have said they would like to see Jack Marcus and Kyle go play up front together. It's not something I'd be adverse to, but I think I don't think Angie's going to do it. It's going to be one or the other eh, going forward. I don't think Kyle go. I think you lose a lot when he's out in the left. I don't. I don't see him playing out there. It might happen eh, if there's like a lot of injuries, but if we've got other options. I don't see him playing out there and it's going to go between him and Giacomacus. Uh, I think just on Ange personally, I think he maybe prefers Kyogo. Mm. I, I mean, I, I don't have a preference. I, I love Giacomacus. I think uh-huh. what he brings to the team. And I know Kyogo is the obvious one to love and thinks the best. And I, I don't think there's much between them. I think they bring different qualities. But uh, I, I, I just love the, the, and I know, <laughs> I keep going to like say I love like Giacomacchi's and Giacomacchi's <laughs> enthusiasm for the game, but then Kyogo's enthusiasm for the game is infectious as well. It's, uh, that we're just blessed to have the two of them right now, and uh, it's it's one of the ones whoever plays, it, they're they're going to do a job for us, and that's that bodes well for us this season. Aye, fair point. Uh, over, Alistair had pointed out as well that it was we were up mm-hmm. actually two one at half time. Aye, uh, tumbles free, tumbles free kick. Uh, t- touching it quickly. What, Franny? What did you think of the free kick itself? Do you think that tumbles maybe got a role to play in terms of? Because for me, I think that one of the things one of the things we've been missing last season was a sort of a bona fide or, 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 or like a regular set piece taker. Um, I don't think there's anybody, maybe other than Turnbull, I've not seen much of O'Reilly to be honest, I can't really comment, but we've, we've no got a, a deadly, like a threat for set pieces for me, uh, those that sort of end up, do you think Turnbull's maybe the guy to take us forward in that respect, and do you think he took that goal well? well was, it, was it not deflection? I mean, it's, it's a decent strike, I can't remember if it was a deflection or not, but it was. He's got, he has got a great strike and he scored plenty of good goals. But I can't remember him really scoring many free kicks. 
Uh, Sorry, can I just say the, the point note as well that Jack and Marcus was at his baby's birth? Oh, was it? No, congratulations, big man. Welcome, Alistair and Stephen, the stalkers. I know. <laughs> Genuinely didn't know that. I thought I thought maybe he was just being rested in it. Like I say, anyway, sorry for anyone you saying. Uh, no, I, I don't know if he's, I mean, there's nobody really a, a standout candidate. So you're as well as maybe giving him a go. He's, we know he can he can strike the ball clean enough. So you're as well as giving, giving him a go. But I'm not, uh, I don't know, John. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that. But it's like you say, we've not had anybody that Griffiths to an extent was pretty pretty good at free kicks but like I've really struggled to pick out anybody that you could really hang your hat on that you thought was going to work the keeper for a long time Juranovic tried to be the man most of last uh, season but this didn't happen for me no no I think I think for penalties Juranovic certainly seems oh, the, the, uh, like the, the, the obvious choice but by the way I, I'm going to go for two seconds to shut the doors because I can tell what time it is by this glare in the sun man <laughs> the sun dial <laughs> um, the I, but like I say, for for me that we, we seem to be missing a serious uh, sort of threat for set pieces, Ross. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that I was hoping maybe it would be as, as somebody that maybe Andrew was looking at, or somebody that would, that would be signing somebody with that sort of caliber. Um, what what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I don't think you can just go out and try and sign just a player just if he's good at free kicks. Do you know what I mean? He needs to mm-hmm. he needs to have an all round game. Um, so I it would be nice to have somebody like a Nakamura who's <laughs> like a Nakamura who is a, a dead ball specialist and has the qualities to be an impact in the team throughout the game but I think at the moment in the squad I think probably you would have to say Turnbull is the, the best set piece taker and I think it sort of was evident the fact that O'Reilly and I think it was maybe McGregor was kind of hovering over it and he took it uh, and, and he scored uh, it was a deflection, it was a decent strike I think. and the, the, the problem being as well I really like Turnbull I, I, I would never, I wouldn't sell him is he going to be the in that first choice three if you like in the middle of the park at the moment probably not, I think you're probably looking at McGregor Hattati uh, and O'Reilly, um, oh. but he'll it, certainly play his part. Uh, and when he is on the field, he'll take the, he'll take a free kick here and there, and he'll maybe get us a goal. Ad, is Armoya an expert in set pieces? If he is, judging by his goal scoring record, I'm not impressed. Then, if 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 that's an expert, you, you should be scoring more goals. I've never seen him scoring a free kick when he was at Huddersfield, to be honest with you. I don't know. Maybe the, the guy, I don't even know who commented there, sorry, but uh, he, he maybe he knows more than me. A lot of, a lot of guys comment, they, they know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to the whole the Moy thing that seems to be splitting uh, Celtic fans down the middle uh, just shortly. Uh, but I wanted to, obviously, as I said, we went in, thanks for uh, correcting me as well, Alistair. Uh, Going in the second half, 2-1 up. Uh, made a raft of changes, as we touched on, you'd already alluded to. Uh, the, the game sort of changed in that respect. Uh, Francis, just coming to you, when, when when we made those changes and Blackburn started to get sort of come into the game a little bit more, one of the first things that happened was Eddie Gucci had a pass back. And I want to talk about Julian for a second here, right? <laughs> we, we knew this was coming. Um, it, Eddie, he, he was lambasted on Twitter f- for... 
been the, the, the reason that that goal, we conceded that goal. And first and Fuck's foremost, sake, that's, that's not the case. <laughs> but I think Gucci's pass back was very, very poor. And uh, obviously mm-hmm. Julian's went to, to go and gather the ball and the guys <clears> came <throat> and nicked it. Uh, and and he, he's conceded the free kick, um, which they ultimately scored for. Um, for me, though, uh, in that second half, there was a couple of players that Kenny had. They were never had great games, but there was a, like Eddie Gucci didn't seem to really get a, a, a foothold in the game. He didn't seem to get up to speed. Uh, was there any other players, uh, Francis, that you, you felt in the second half were kind of off the pace a bit? I think I think you're right in Eddie Gucci. It's also been hard for him. He's kind of maybe suffering from the performances of Maeda, Hitati and Kyogo. Everybody expecting him just to beat that level, but he maybe just... <laughs> Ross is fucking bailing. <laughs> but, uh, he maybe just needs to... He's just got to take take longer, maybe. Like, I don't think anyone would have complained if guy, if the other three actually like, took 60, 60, sort of 10 months to actually get up to up to speed and get uh, used to the league. So maybe at a good even though he's already been over and tried it at Leeds and stuff, it might just take some time to get up to it. I thought Boston Lawwell, he looked a long way off being a regular in the first team. I, I thought he wanted too much time in the ball and stuff. It looks a big, a big presence. Maybe got a bit of it, but it just looked, it looked way off, way off where we'd need to be. Julian, with that, was that? Unimpressed. I wouldn't say I was impressed or unimpressed with him. I think obviously the one where he gets a slack back pass, if he's not got a future, he's probably not got to go full full hearted into that challenge on the back end. Known he's already knackered his knee, so he's maybe thinking if I go in here like a big full challenge, get a sore one, I'm stuck in the sidelines again for maybe a long spell, and he's maybe obviously lining up a move out of Celtic. Hopefully not, but it's like Ross touched on earlier. It's the signs from the outside looking in, it looks like Ange doesn't fans him for whatever reason. None of us will really know that, but it looks like Welsh is ahead of him. But uh, I was just, I would say more like the sort of guys that we class on the fringe, like your, your Eddie Gucci's didn't really impress me. Boston Law was looking forward to seeing him, but then they didn't impress me. Eddie I thought, again, just looks, looks raw, but bit. Uh, Bernabe looked great going forward, but I was a wee bit concerned. I thought we got caught, <clears throat> caught up the park too much. He was caught out of position where, so that again obviously need to be worked on. But I think it was more sort of for the the second half substitutions. Just they, I felt they were the ones that kind of struggled and well, I don't know if struggles right him, but they weren't as impressive as I thought they were going to be. What about yourself, Ross? Did you think was there any players specifically that you felt were kind of off the pace, um, or any standouts in particular? Um, no, particularly. I'm a bit loath to like sort of knock any of the players that came on because you come into a game, there's five substitutions. It completely changes the team. They're trying to go up to pace in the game. <laughs> Again, it happens in friendlies. Adeguchi, he didn't have his best game, or obviously. He's, he's looked all right in spells in other games he's played, but he was at fault. I don't know how anybody on Twitter can say that, that was Julian's fault. If if you're saying that's Julian's fault, then you can absolutely nothing about football. The ball's been fired into him. 
he's had to run to try and get there. It's 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 no getting to Julian, and he, he tries to sort of aye. If you can, you like can blame Julian for that. Aye, if you if you're going to blame Julian that for that, you'd as well just stop watching football because there's no point for you. <laughs> uh, but aye, it wasn't his fault. Julian, he done okay. He didn't make any glaring mistakes. He didn't do anything brilliant. Lol, like Franny said, I'd said in the chat on Saturday. I think he wanted far too much time in the ball. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not going to make it at Celtic or anything like that, but I think you'll probably find that he will have another season in the B team uh, and let barn injuries to first-team players. Um, I think he's just still a bit raw. Uh, but I, 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 I wouldn't like to knock him, as I say, because it's difficult coming into these games and getting up to the pace especially when there's so many guys coming on at the one time and then throughout the half changing. I would agree with that as well. Uh, I think that, like I said, we we shouldn't take too far too many Celtic fans take way too much stock in friendlies. I know you want to perform and you want to see players perform because you're starting to, especially in the latter half of your your sort of pre-season where you're starting to, players have got the minutes in their legs, you're starting to see maybe Angel start settling on a a mere uh, first 11, so to speak. Um, and you want to make sure that they're performing, which I think we've done in the first half. Apps were superb, as far as I'm concerned. When we made all the changes in the second half, obviously things differed. You like you mentioned there, that Julian was absolutely not at fault. I know uh, Eddie Gucci he, he, he caught him short because the pass was poor. Boson Lawa was another one I thought who was absolutely shocking when he came on. I don't I, like I said, I, I try not take too much stock. I mean, he's a he's a young guy. He's just been came he's just came into the team. Uh, but he was he was really really poor, and I don't know what he was doing. But he he, he spent far too much time on the ball. Uh, I think the positive he, thing for that lot, at least he never ever had to. He always turned the ball in, but he, was, he just wanted too much time on it. So I think that's one plus I would take out. He never obviously he was getting caught a couple of times, but he never he still always wanted the ball. He was picking the wrong exact... pass, and we weren't Aye. able to play through Blackburn's press then because he kept picking mm-hmm. the wrong pass and putting his teammates and the, the team under pressure then. And then if he did, if he didn't make, the, if he did make the pass, that's what was happening. But then at times he wasn't even making the pass because it was getting mm-hmm. intercepted or he was getting tackled. Mm-hmm. It was a poor performance, but he's young. Uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I don't take too much stock in it, especially the younger mm-hmm. guys coming in, as you said. Um, but I, by all accounts, it it, it was poor. <clears throat> and when you see these young guys come in and they're playing against a better or a higher caliber opposition, and you're seeing these mistakes. It, it, it kind of fills you with a wee bit doubt if whether or not he's ready, because uh, I know he, he's he seemed favoured at least this preseason. He's had play, he's had he's had chances and he's had minutes, um, but it, I've ultimately uh, for me just did it didn't impress. Uh, another guy that did impress though uh, was Ralston again, and uh, absolutely phenomenal. And I think that Juranovic has really got a fight uh, this season um, in terms of that right back position because Ralston again has he's. He's proven that he's come on leaps and bounds since we last seen him, and, and it, he's I think his his goals and assist ratio is much higher than Juranovic's as well. Does he? Do you think he's actually got a case to be starting, Ross? Um, uh, again, it's I, I think it's similar all over the park, like Kyogo and Jacobacus, like Turnbull and O'Reilly. I think. We're we're almost at a stage now where we've got two for each position, and whoever comes in is going to do the job well. I think that again, 
repeat myself and say that will be playing the fixture. I think that's why he has two for each for each position. Uh, I think again, similar to last season, I think you'll see Ralston come in for quite a few of the away games. Certainly off the back of the the European nights, I think you'll find that Juranovic will play in the games most likely. I still think he's first choice. I still think he's better than Ralston. I trust him more. Uh, but certainly Ralston's got that physicality. Uh, if you're going up to Dingwall, places like that, you need that, and he can get you a goal like he did. They popped up in the last, well, the last, the last minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? 97th minute, he popped up. Then got a massive goal in the context of the season. I think you you'll find that he'll play in games like that just purely for his physicality. But for me, I think Juranovic still has the edge. I think sometimes in Europe. Ralston looks like he's he's out his depth a wee bit. Uh, certainly in a like positional sense, uh, it, he struggles uh, for me. And I th- I just think that Juranovic is a, an all round better player. But that's I mean that's no shame on Ralston. Do you know what I mean? Because he has he's done brilliant. But Juranovic is a a creation international, and he's a, he's a, a really good football player. So, I again, Juranovic is edges it for me, but Ralston is a great understudy, and he's he's came on leaps and bounds. Absolutely. There's a few guys in the comments as well. Uh, they're coming in and they're mentioning that Juranovic, uh, they, they agree that obviously Juranovic is a better defender. Maybe Ralston's delivery is better uh, in mm. terms of uh, mm. things like that. Um, <laughs> positional sense as well. You mentioned that you, you, you trust Juranovic over Ralston in terms of positional sense. Francis, do you agree with the sentiment though? There's guys coming in and saying that um, Juranovic might even get uh, a few games again at left back uh, so that Ralston can play if, for whatever reason, Bernabe or Taylor and they, and they. Do you see that as a possibility? Only if Taylor and Bernabe's out injured. I don't think he like obviously Taylor performed really, really well last season and I think obviously after Saturday as well, as much as Bernabe's came in and you've spent nearly four million on that, I would still I, I mean it's quite hard. It's probably no right to judge a guy on one one game, but what if I've, I've only gone on one season, I would have to go with Taylor starting at left back right now. But I don't think you spend four million pounds to then chuck Juranovic at left back. I don't think that says right. much. It does like Ange. If Ange just want any backing with the board, you can't be spent four million, nearly four million on a left back and play your right back there. So I, I don't yeah. really see. I as say maybe due to injury suspension, Juranovic might go out there, but I would be surprised if he plays a handful of games there this season. Totally I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't see how you bring, like like I said. You don't spend four million pounds to play Juranovic at left back. No, it's a valid point. I want to touch on the left back position uh, because Burnaby's another player that's coming under a wee bit of scrutiny. Um, because for for some Celtic fans, again, uh, this preseason seems to be the be on like they're gauging everything on these couple of performances, uh, and they don't think Burnaby's really been cutting it. No, um, I would agree to an extent, but I mean, this guy's just come from Argentina. He's come to a new country, a new system. Uh, and he, he's still learning the ropes, so to speak, in terms of Ange ball, uh, if you will. Uh, but we saw against Blackburn, I thought that that was his best game uh, thus far in a Celtic jersey, and he showed his attacking intent. He liked to cut inside, and he had a few shots on goal as well, uh, and he was making himself available with some good runs. Ross, do you think that 
Burnaby has showed any signs at this stage that he will be the guy to replace Gleg Taylor as the number one sort of left-back position, or do you think that's still up for debate? Um, well, I think at the moment it's it's Greg Taylor's jersey. I think he's no, no put a foot wrong. I think I trust him. You, you all know what I think about Greg Taylor. <laughs> can, can well, what's that? Burnaby won't displace Taylor until he's at... Aye, I, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. That's what I was sort of getting to. Uh, at the moment, like I say, it's, it's Taylor's jersey, but Bernabé, like Taylor last season, is trying to learn the role. It's completely different, probably, from what he's been used to playing, and that it's an inverted fullback. Not many teams play that way. He likes to get forward, and he certainly looks like he likes to get a shot off. He had a shot on uh, Saturday. Um, but you have to get that sort of happy medium where he has to be able to, like, he has to understand that he has to do his defensive duties as well. Uh, I think he at times forgot that and like Franny said he was caught uh, out of position at times but he needs time he needs time to learn the role I mean Greg Taylor the first half of the, the season he was getting caught up the park for me at times he was getting caught with the ball over the top uh, but the second half of the season I think you've seen that he was he, he no, no perfected it he was starting to master the role uh, and he, he was he was never really caught out of position, and he, he had an excellent second half of the season. You have to say, uh, and I Listen, think. He, he, sorry, Ross, but you again. Anybody that's listening to this knows how critical I've been to Greg Taylor, and yeah. I I even admitted that uh, previously as well. He, he he certainly started to prove me wrong, as maybe a doubter. Um, I still don't think he's like Champions League level or that kind of thing. He's good for the SPL, absolutely, and he fits the system. Uh, but Similar I, to Ralston, in that yeah. sense. Well, I, but I mean, well, well, I suppose uh, it's hard to sort of. I, Juranovic is certainly, if, you, if you're looking at European competition, Juranovic is the one that you definitely start. Uh, but coming to the SPFL, you know, uh, if Ralston starts, he can cut it. Um, but again, going back to Greg Taylor, I, I agree that he said that he was coming in the, the sort of second half of the season, he started to count his own. But again, I think that's partly because he was adapting to the system and he was starting to get used to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that I think we're going to see, see the same with Burnaby. Uh, sorry, continue. Hi. Well, <laughs> no, just coming off the back of what you've said there, I, I think that, again, it goes back to two for each position. And I think that, obviously, I've touched on that Burnaby gets caught up the park eh, a lot, or he has done so far, but you look at Celtic playing at home against, I don't know, what, a St Mirren or something, let's say, they're going to have a lot of the ball. St Mirren won't attack Celtic. So you can probably afford to play Bernabé in games like that where he won't have as much defensive duties to do, but he might be more of a threat going forward than what Greg Taylor would be. Again, it plays the fixture. Greg Taylor might be better in a home Champions League game where we, we maybe are not going to have as much of the ball and he's have to going, to, going to have to do a bit more defending. I think you, at the moment you would trust Greg Taylor to defend his area more than what yeah. Bernabé would. Uh, but again, it goes back to it. Two players for each position. And two, sort of, two players, again, that, that bring different qualities, but again, qualities that are going to be good enough in whatever fixture it is, you would hope to, to do well. Aye, absolutely. Francis, you anything else you want to add to that? Do you do you share these sentiments or is it anything different? I know, I think Ross is pretty much nailed it on. Like if we're writing Burnaby off after a few pre season games, we're as well as chocolate, then it's, well, it's, it's <laughs> But again, this, 
that comes to the fickleness. I mean, I, I, yeah, I we're all going as football fans. We're all fickle. absolutely, we're all absolutely. But fickle like I said, <laughs> some, sorry, some, who's it that said that earlier? I seen that earlier. Right? Nah, I, I can't mean, but class. What the fuck? I, I get my sorry. <laughs> but uh, on you go, Franny. I just, I mean, I'm maybe not as critical as, as you, John, with Taylor, but I was never his biggest fan. But it, it proved me, proved me and many others wrong last season. But you, but you will happily criticise a player all day long if they start if they're proving you wrong. It's if players are proving us wrong, then Celtic's been successful. So that's one bonus off the back of it. But I think uh, Ange has probably bought Burnaby into be his number one. But what we've seen for Ange as well is he's not. He'll, whoever's performing is probably got to get the jersey, and I'm I've it's unfair for me to totally judge Burnaby the now as well. I've only seen him that Saturday. I've not seen much of the exactly. preseason friendly games, and so on that basis, I can't like it would not be fair for me to judge. But Greg Taylor for me has to the jersey. Like Burnaby looked good going forward, looks comfortable on the ball, maybe a lot more comfortable than Taylor, but passing wise, like I've always said, Taylor is a great. Terrible cross of the ball, but a brilliant foot, like a brilliant pass of the ball, absolute brilliant pass of the ball. But I don't think he's a great cross of the ball. Um, but defensive wise, you get a hundred percent off him. He's he's always always there and positioning is great. So yeah, it's for me to get Taylor's jersey to loss. But I think obviously Burnaby has been bought to to be the number one. But it's going to be. Sort of for the last six to eight months, Greg Taylor, it's, it's his jersey he lost right now. Yep. It's healthy yeah. competition, though. And Aye, that's what exactly. Can he too many good players? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I feel, I feel like I agree. Um, speaking of competition uh, <laughs> and not having enough good players, I want to move on to the sort of transfer rumours that are floating about now. Earlier, uh, it came out that Ange had confirmed, I think it was just after the, the Blackburn game, Ange confirmed that there's two signings definitely coming in at some point this week. Uh, there's absolutely no reports or anything that are concrete other than this Moy one, which we'll touch on in a minute, that would suggest who these guys are. We can only go off the players that we've been linked with recently. One of them, uh, that Fausto Vera, the, uh, the Argentinian boy for Argentinos, who, who we were sort of briefly linked with, uh, he, by all accounts, looks like he's going to cost it to the tune of about $6 million, and he's already had, I think we touched on it, we spoke before we came live, uh, there was bids Corinthians uh, and who was it Genk? I think so. Uh, already have submitted bids at about six million for him, so that seems unlikely. Uh, the other guy, uh, and this one's still gaining traction. I know. I think somebody brought it up and they briefly touched on it. They asked Ange about it, and Ange was kind of coy a wee bit, saying, uh, "He's heard them, but no, uh, he, he kind of keep his cards close to his chest." Uh, and I, I want to touch on this one first before we move on. And this is the, the boy, Edward uh, Michu, for PSG, um, who, who I'm referring to specifically now. Since that interview with Ange, where he's kind of sort of denied that there's anything in it, whilst no actually saying no outright, uh, Fabrizio Romano, who's obviously, we, we know, he, he's he's got this thing for, for tweeting things that tend to, tend to nine times out of ten uh, come to fruition. Uh, but it's also recently been picked up by Sky Sports, Anthony Joseph, and as well as PSG, who got a prominent Twitter page. I, I say prominent because I've got like 50,000 followers, but as a PSG, a French PSG page who, who tweeted that, uh, and I'll, I'll read the translation because I don't fucking speak French, 
but do you want to speak Dutch then? No. <laughs> but it translated to Celtic wants to recruit the young Eduard Michu. The PSG would like to obtain five to six million and a percentage on capital gain negotiations and progress. Um no Again, we, we, we've we said this numerous times as well. There's no smoke without fire, right? You've got Romano's tweeting it. Anthony Joseph, Sky Sports News have picked up and that PSG fan pages are picking up, mate. Do, is this a... Firstly, Ross, I'll come to you. Knowing what or seeing what we're seeing, do you think that this Michu might be one of these two, uh, along with Moy, who seems to, be, it seems to be absolutely certain? And is it a sign that excites you or is it one that you want to see happen or do you think it's all the nonsense? Um, is, is that lad? Is he nineteen? Uh, he's nineteen. But uh, a couple like of, I've got. A, I wrote in a couple of stats. Uh, he actually made enough five or six appearances last season for the PSG first team, which is we know is absolutely stacked. So any player who's able to break into that team and get that many appearances as a starter, may I add, um, is certainly a goat. Saw him about them, right? It was enough to get him a League One medal, a winners' medal. He's also the youngest ever player in PSG's history to assist in a goal. He broke Mbappe's record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he seems to be highly rated and likened to a certain Verratti, who, as we know, is another guy who's no great in stature. He seems to mm-hmm. be quite a bit what a player he is. Do, is again, is it something that excites you, or do you believe it? Do you think it's something that's kind of we're keeping close to our chest at the minute? Um, well, I'm not saying I don't believe it. But there's obviously some sort of traction with it. But I'll believe it if and when he comes in, do you know what I mean? But I'll look at it. Did you say that they're wanting five or six million for him? The, the, a Euros. So I think aye, that equates to, equates to like four, four, three, four million. Well, on the face of that, if he is coming in as a sort of central defensive midfielder, I know he's no big in stature, but he's 19. So, I mean, he has had a couple of appearances, like you say. He must have something about him. He's at PSG anyway, eh, regardless. You look at Edward, we got him in eh, as a youngster for PSG and look what he done. Um, but it, it could be, he could be one of the two, But and it, it, he could be this guy that, that can come in, he, he, he might need a year at 19 just to, to settle in and he, he might be too raw to go into the Champions League. And then you look at if Armoy is going to be the other guy to come in, He's 31. It's costing them nothing. Maybe Armoy will come in for a year or two to do the role that they're wanting Miku to have, or Michu, or however you say it, to eventually do. But you've got the opportunity to bring a guy in with experience for no money. Do you know what I mean? It's going to cost us nothing. It, it, it gives you that. What's he? Mumpet. He's talking absolutely. Making absolute contrary. I don't know how, uh, I don't know how actual, actual stats equate to Twitter oh, rumours, but. Stephen, but you're, I, you're getting so your balls punched. He, he, he could, it could be that Moyes brought in as that sort of player for a couple of seasons, maybe even a season, I don't know, just for to let this lad and I'm only speculating here because the, the, the guy might not come in, but it, just to, to allow him to settle in and even learn off of Moy, because for me, I know you've not asked me about Moy, but I'm going to talk <laughs> to him. <laughs> I think that I, I mean, I've not seen him playing since he was at Huddersfield, but Huddersfield were, like, I think the season he, 
I don't know if he was there for two seasons. I certainly the, the, the first season they came into the league, they, I think they stayed in the league quite comfortably. And it was a lot today with Armoy. He, he, he retains the ball very well. He doesn't give it away much at all. He doesn't try anything fancy with passes. It's all short passes and that. And he's good for a goal. Uh, is he a, a central defensive midfielder? I, I don't know, but 31-year-old for me. I think I think he can play this, the sort of role that McGregor's playing at the minute. And 31 for me. James Forrest, 31. I think he can still play a part in the squad. 31 nowadays is no old for a football player. And if, if you're getting him for nothing, I think Ange knows him really well. I, I, I just think it, it makes sense. He was rumoured last year. I thought it made sense then, a year down the line. And again, I've not seen him playing recently, but if I'm only going off of what I've seen, I think it's. I think it would be a very decent bit of business. Fantastic. And again, it could, <laughs> if he brings this PSG guy in, he could he could help that, that, that laddie settle in and the laddie could learn off him because it, it sounds like they might be similar players. No, I mean, like, like you say, well, uh, again, well, I'll touch on your my comments in just a minute. Franny, just regarding the, this Edward Michu rumours, I mean, there's people in the chat here, they're going absolutely mental again, talking about how it's all rumours, it's a load of pish, and has already said, no, again, I'm just fucking relaying information that I've read that's happened since that interview. Calm down. Uh, what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your opinion on it? Like, is, is, do you think it's maybe some... And again, I want, I want to reiterate this, right? Ange, we know Ange, and Ange is quite dry with the media. Ange has turned around, he's been asked about him, and he, he, he said that he knows who he is, he's aware, right? So if you're, if you're looking at it for, uh, kind of objectively, you, you're saying, right, so you're aware of who he is, so you've looked at him or you've watched him, so there's definitely something in it in that respect. Now, he said, no, listen, there's this, that, and the next thing, but as we know, Ange is, is, is one of these guys who like to fucking give the, the media a wee... A wee pull and twist, and it, they're like they're, they, you don't know what Ange is thinking, right? And he, he might be keeping his class close to his chest. He's probably getting uh, again. The media are going to come at him with a hundred and a diff, hundred different fucking things. Is this true? Is this true? Is this true? And he, he, listen, if nothing's out of the line yet, he's not going to say anything to the contrary. So if there's still negotiations ongoing, they're still in talks, and there's nothing for certain, then why would he confirm it? Oh, I were definitely in a position where this agreement is extra, so to speak. At least in my opinion, I think that's the kind of guy Ange is. Franny, just going back to that, what what's the what's your opinion on the whole Mishu thing, as I said? Because since that interview with Ange, uh, these rumours have continued to gain pace. They're, they're still gathering momentum. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm more a wee bit of sucker and fall for the rumours and get involved and base a sort of argument on the back it. But I think anything Ange has shown us that it's, like you say, plays his cards close <clears> his chest. Most, most football clubs will do that. It's, I mean, not being private how a transfer works, but they tend to not really say who they're after because they probably not want other players, players that sell to care after their ball be plenty of other clubs probably looking at that they play so Rangers be try and, them, they do <laughs> you probably try and do your business <laughs> a wee bit quietly in the background to try and get because you're obviously trying to get the best deal for you at Celtic you're not wanting a sense of getting a bidding war for anybody and Angie's always said that he's not going to convince somebody here is somebody's got to want to come here so it's like you really get a manager coming in and going Aye, we're in for him, we're in for him. 
hopefully exactly. they'll be able to make the week. It's just not the way football works. They don't do it so that there probably is something in the, the Michi one. It's maybe a player we looked at similarly like the boys Sosa apparently were looking at. It's maybe a, an old rumour and it's just now surfacing now that we're maybe not going for him. So it's now getting leaked to the media to maybe, I don't know, it could be maybe just how we want to throw them off the scent but we try and get other deals over the line and stuff. So if we're it, we'll, we'll never really know. I've, like I said, John, I, I'll like to fall into the trap and get involved in all these Twitter rumours and stuff but I'm trying to try to drag myself away from it because like Postacoglu sells, there's just look at deals like Kyogo and stuff like that. It's is one for pulling things out out the blue and stuff. And, and managers just tend to not really name name targets really. John's on it. Depends on the comments and the listening. No, sorry, I was just trying. The comments were moving rapid there. I couldn't click on the one I wanted to bring up. So, uh, like uh, John Coyle saying here as well, I just won't comment on signings until they're done, and I fully agree with that. And any questions he's asked about well. potential, uh, especially Ange, we know what he's like, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think he's just going to come out right and say right off the bat, "No, nah, we're not doing it." And they're not going to—he's not going to give me that anything at this point until mm-hmm. he knows for absolute certain. So, in that respect, I still think there might be some going on, um, but again, we don't know. Uh, I was actually I surprised that he even came out and said that we'd be put in the door last week. What if something, that, that's not like him? Something goes nah. wrong. Do you know what I mean? He's going to look a bit egg on his face, but he seems he, he must be very confident, yeah, that, confident. that they're done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that, this uh, another one that's just came out today, this Moritz Jens. I don't know anything about him. 23-year-old centre-back, uh, Lorient is another one. There's people saying it's already done. It's already out of the line. Mm-hmm. I've only mm-hmm. just heard about it before we came on the show tonight. Um, so th- that's neither here nor there, but the big talking point today. No, I talk about that, John. No. I mean, we don't know anything about him, it's literally <laughs> just came out because oh, we know Hunter's about Mitchell, don't we? It, it, it doesn't suit the narrative. He's he's talking, he's why he's talking about Mitchell and at length because he thinks Moy's shite. <laughs> no, 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 listen, the, <laughs> I'll say this right. The difference is we meet you, is, a little bit good. <laughs> but the, the difference we meet you is it's been reported by two prominent people within the transfer sort of sphere as well as other reputable sources so Sky Sports News have mentioned it uh, and then you've got other places like PSG's in fan pages mentioning it so it, it sort of gives it weight right um, <laughs> a tweet I have somebody right. on, on Twitter who, who's got a couple of hundred followers and who's as William says cousin dad's dog's mother's and he's knows somebody at the club says such and such is going to sign there's no point in really talking about it until there's some sort of weight or momentum behind it. But I want to talk about the whole Aaron Moy thing because Twitter today has been an absolute meltdown. We've seen Celtic fans attack one another out of it because you're not allowed an opinion at this day and age, it seems. Um, if you don't agree with the status quo, or the, 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 you're this, that and the other, and people getting threats made against them, and that is absolute fucking nonsense. And if you're one of these people, jog on because we're not interested. But I, what I will say is this, right? <laughs> Ross, I will. I want to come to you first because you, you've already touched on Moy and, and you made some valid points. And I'm not going to argue them because I don't know too much about him other than a brief stint he had in England. Um, with Huddersfield, as you mentioned, and then he moved to Brighton. Um, mm-hmm. last year when we were linked to him, we we sort of we, we looked into him like we do with anybody who, who who's been linked to the club. 
and we 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 sort of develop opinions based on stuff that we're hearing or stuff that we're seeing, videos that we've seen. We we're all fancy going on YouTube uh, and looking at highlights or or the best moments of people's careers. And listen, if you look at his sort of the fact that he's played fifty games for Australia, he certainly got the experience. Uh, but I want to touch on the the age thing you mentioned. The thirty one isn't he old by any means, right? He's still about fucking seven eight years younger than us, right? And so he's not old. Let's get that out of the way. But in terms, <laughs> I know, in terms, in terms of footballing, though, that's the sort of twilight end of your career. That's the latter end of a footballer's career. Uh, very rarely you see players, especially in that sort of role, extend their career beyond maybe 34, 35, unless they're absolute special cases. And Scott Brown case, played his best football uh, at, at 31 under the right manager. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I say it's in special cases, uh, these mm-hmm. things can happen. It, it, it's hard, though, to, to base an opinion just because, listen, I love we all love Ange, right? I love Ange. I think he's a breath of fresh air. He's been absolutely incredible. And I, I trust fully. If he decides that this is a guy to take us forward and he's going to strengthen the team, then fine. But he's not susceptible to criticism. He's no void. No. We as fans are still allowed to ask questions. And, and for absolutely. me, and I'm going, to, I'm going to raise one about the whole Moy thing, right? Because... As I said, Celtic fans are split down the middle. Some are saying, how can you say somebody with 50 international caps who's played in the English Premier League uh, isn't good enough? I was like, there's hundreds of players that play in the English Premier League that aren't good enough, let's be honest. Secondly, it's like, let's look at his career since he was at Huddersfield, right? He had a decent stint at Huddersfield. He then moved to Brighton and Hove Albion. And it wasn't great. He got an injury. He tore ligaments in his knee. And ever since that injury... He's 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 moved for Brighton and Hove Albion to the Chinese league. And he, listen, in the past three years, he's had about he's less than fifty games. Right, he's no holding down a starting it's place. Like there in was a pandemic in that three years, Johnny. But um, he, he, the last two seasons with with Shanghai, this, since they've come out of the pandemic, uh, he, he's still no. no, no listen, players, <laughs> te- team, teams were still playing behind closed doors, and I he's mean, not the been pandemic, holding down. Did it start in China? He had tw- he had twelve games last season for for Shanghai. Uh, How so, many games did they play, though? I, I, I suspect it's more than 12, Francis. The other first You're the guy that usually likes talking about facts and backing facts up with stats. And I've looked it up then. before I came on. Well, right? so how, many games, so, how many games did they play? I, I can't mean how many games they played specifically, but he played could 12. Like then, could you? Right, you want to go and date it now? <laughs> Listen, the point I'm making is, he's, he's <laughs> been uh, based on what I've seen and what I've read, he's been unable to hold down a, uh, a starting position at, at Shanghai in China, right? Based on a one. Well, no, the, the last two years since he's been there, he's barely featured. So, but nev- either the... saying Armo is going to be a, a, no, a starter, I'm, because listen, starter. I'm not, no, I don't think he's going to be a starter either. I'm, I'm, I'm and listen, I'm <clears> not basing <throat> this on anything, I'm just bringing this information to you so we can discuss it, right? People are saying he's experienced, he's played in England, he's done this, that, and the next thing for the past three years, he's barely done, he's not done much, right? And this is just a point I'm trying to make. And uh, if you look at his assist ratio as well in the past three years, been poor. His goal ratio in the past three years been poor. He's thirty-one, and he's coming to a team new to play under a system that's very high intensity. Now I'm not going to sit here and say he's not capable because I, again he might be. I'm only asking the question and bringing up these points so that it's something that you can think about and debate about. He was also coming off the back of fifty-three grand a week. Now. He's, he's, he's definitely taking a wage cut coming to Celtic, let's be honest. We're not paying anywhere near 53 grand. You were lucky if we're no. paying 30. So he's taking a significant pay cut and he's coming in on a free, so you're, you're sort of saving money in that respect. But 
do you think that it's good business bringing them in? And, and remember, it could be in a very similar situation as McCarthy, Ross. Um, well, good business for me, I because we're, we're no, there's no outlay. Okay, we're having to pay him a wage. You have to obviously do that, but there's no outlay to bring him in. I think you look at You've made some good points there. Like, he hasn't played a lot of football. We get that. He's had a knee injury. We've seen what's happened with Julian. Do you know what I mean? It takes a while we come back for that. Uh, th- that could be why he's not played as many games as well. I don't know what his fitness levels are like. But, again, like, the season before last, when Lennon was there, people were quite happy. Not me personally, but people were quite happy for Tom Rogic to go. He was on the verge of going. The right manager comes in, he knows him, Rogic knows him, they build up a relationship and he has the season that he had. Ange knows Moy well, he knows how he, he, he's managed him, he'll know how to treat him, he'll know a lot about him fitness-wise, he'll know how to use him. I don't think Aaron Moy's going to play every single game for Celtic if he comes in, but you need that level of experience. I, I think you're looking at it, we're talking about Canada, could you be that guy? I don't want a can. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 want, I want somebody to come in and do the job. There's a, McCarthy, again, it's can he do it this season? He's not done it so far. I think Aaron Moy has, for, for me, I think watching McCarthy down in England and watching Aaron Moy and, the, and the, the stint he had at Huddersfield, I think he looked a better player than McCarthy did, For in my opinion. I might be wrong in that. But for me, I think you need that element of experience in the team as well as all the, the young, keen guys that we've got uh, in, in the squad. And I think I think Moy, well, it's similar to McCarthy, somebody's saying there, it, it could end up like that. But for me, I, I think it'll be different in that Ange knows Moy better than he knows McCarthy. I don't think... I, I think the McCarthy signing was... Ange, Ange didn't want McCarthy, but it was a body. He needed bodies in the door at that stage just to get us through that first half of the season. It was another option. Let's just get him in the door because I need help. I need help in the squad because it was, it was full of youth. Yep. But for me, I think Aaron Moy can come in and do a job for Celtic and I think he's got a goal in him as well. Uh, I, I honestly think it, it'll be a very decent signing. And a, a decent signing, it's more to bulk out the squad, if you like. And I know we're stacked in the middle of the park, but I go back to Idiguchi as a, hasn't he done it so far? McCarthy, you have to say, hasn't he done it so far? So he's bringing Moy in, he knows him, he knows what he can do, he knows what he can bring to the table. And I think for me, if you're getting that for nothing, it's a no brainer. Absolutely, and then somebody else has made a valid point as well. Not only is it a free transfer, but it is only a one year with an optional extension mm-hmm. on Celtic's part. Uh, and, and and you're right. And listen, I'm, I'll, I'll fully agree with you. I, like I said earlier, I, I don't know what what he's going to perform like, and I trust Ange. And if he brings anybody in, he's going to get my backing a hundred percent. Do I think that he's 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 adding any real quality to the team personally, based on what we've already got? No. Uh, he's another player in an already stacked position that he's he's adding an, an, an element of depth. Ange does know him because he was he managed him 
uh, when he was the Australian manager. Um, but again, it 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 it, it re- remains to be seen because when how many players and, and I, I don't want it, the comments as well about he's, he, I've seen people mention the fact that he's a free being unacceptable. We've paid six million for a defender and he's been absolutely shite. We've paid. Did you like that? Did you get that? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it wasn't enough I mean. for a laugh, but it was. It was uh, <laughs> I wrote that one, didn't I? I was working on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, like, what I'm saying is, it, it, the fee doesn't mean anything. We paid, what, 700,000? Was it even less than that for Larson? Maravchik as well. A fee doesn't exactly. It doesn't mean nothing. The price it means exactly. It means nothing. So the fact that fucking five million for a yeti, tatty laddie. Exactly. (laughs) Three means nothing. Man, Barkas as well. (laughs) So in that respect, bringing a player in for free who's going to add to the depth. I I don't think, as I said, he's not going to improve the the squad. He's certainly not a starter in that respect. For me, he's not strengthening the team the way that I personally, as a, as a fan, want to see it strengthened because I feel uh, that sort of holding <laughs> midfield role, that centre defensive midfield anchor, is a position that we could really do with strengthening somebody who can come in immediately and push for our first team place. That for me, Moy's not that guy for me. Like a Francis, 19-year-old absolute superhero. Yeah, I came what you're saying, man. Listen, <laughs> I'm not saying he's a guy either. But the, 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 he's got he's got a far bigger ceiling than Moy. Moy's 31. He's not going to, in two years' time, let's say he plays well this year, he gets his optional contract extension and then we decide we're going to keep him. We are not a stepping stone to a bigger hang. We're not going to get resale value off him. That's, that's too much. Whereas a boy like Michu is a complete opposite. He's 19, he's already getting hang. But if he comes in and does a job, his value skyrockets in the business. But you need that. No, I know. You need exactly. that balance. Not, you don't know what's going to happen with any player that exactly. comes into the club. Mm-hmm. But for, I just coming to you, Franny, quickly. Uh, oh, no, quickly. But you want to get yeah. into as much detail as you fucking. I don't care. Uh, but on, <laughs> on the Moy scenario, what's your thoughts on it? I heard you say that, like, Ange isn't beyond criticism. I forgot to criticise Ange before a guy's even stepped foot in the door again. But, I mean, come on, then. that's just silly chat. Just, just before chat. you continue, I agree. You, we're, we're, I don't think it's right to be criticising anybody, be it the manager or the player. But... I think you're allowed to ask a question as to why we're pursuing this guy in place A, maybe, and again, we don't know what's going to happen. We might still sign another player in that position. But why? You're allowed to ask a question. I and know, I like that. I said, absolutely no manager in, in any club is is like void of criticism. I know, but you can't criticise a manager when a guy's not even signed for us yet. I mean, that's just... That's just no, I, I, but... I just said I agreed with that. I'm just saying that that doesn't even... I mean, if if he comes if Moy comes in and doesn't feature at all or he does feature he gets injured and then that's him or he does feature and he's shite and that's him our fans then allowed to say told you so I, like, if, I don't think that was the right thing to do if he's shite you can criticise him you can't criticise him if he comes in and gets injured no I, I fully agree that's no I, I mean no but it's, it, it, signing a player with a, a, somebody who's got an injury history and especially one that's related to a, a cruciate ligament or it, it, it is a risk in, in, in for any player or any manager. But anyway, just continue what you're saying. Uh, well, I think it's. I'm neither here nor there with the Moy Moy one. I'll. It's, I think he's suffering a wee bit because, like we've just talked, he's suffering because he's a free. That's that. I think that's blanking a, a few folks. He's suffering because his name's is no fancy like 
me too. He's not got a fancy name. It's, I think that's maybe looking look a wee bit down it. He, he was a really good player at, at Huddersfield. He's maybe went to Brighton, done okay. He's maybe went and chased the money in China like a lot of players done. It's maybe just not worked out from his family's obviously. I think I believe his wife from Scotland and stuff. So his family's here. So he's maybe just looking for his last last real contract and at a big club. So I'm not against the move because, like we say, Angie's, Angie's coached him. We've obviously brought that guy in from for Benfica, the, the analytics boy. So these guys will have a big say on whether guys like Moy, guys like me, if these guys are going to fit into the system. So they're not just buying guys for the sake of buying guys this season. I believe they will be looking at the guys' numbers and looking if they'll, they'll fit into the system. Obviously, Ange does know him. It's, it's just one of these ones... I th- like even you, you were getting ex- you seem to be getting more excited over a nineteen year old lad than a guy at thirty one that's proven he can do it at international level. I just I I'm I'm not against it. Will I be over excited when he comes in? I, I I don't I don't think so, but I think that's just me not getting excited because it's no a fancy name. Personally it's 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 no a fancy name. I'm I'm a wee bit of sucker for getting excited there. A random guy that I've never heard of, but he's got a fancy name. But Aaron Moy, I think, is it's a player Ange knows. I believe he will do a job. I think he strengthens the squad. He's he's a good player, definitely a good player. So that strengthens the squad, not strength, not necessarily strength in the first eleven. But if you're strengthening the squad, it's it's a good sign. It's a free. It's one year. I don't believe he'll be on really high wages. So for me, it's it's a bit of a no-brainer. I don't know, bringing him away because it's a guy that I keep going on. It's a guy that Ange knows, a guy he can trust. Aye, it's a risk because he's injury, he's not played a lot, but I just, I think he's, I don't get why so many fans are against it. As I say, I'm not, I'm kind of sort of on the fence with it, but I'm more sort of leaning to, I get him in. It's, it's more a, like Ross said, it's got a McCarthy type. He could argue it's got a McCarthy type vibe, but it's there's no way Ange McCarthy was a player Ange picked, whereas Moy is totally different. He's a better footballer than McCarthy. Aye, aye. Technically better. Baldy as well. He's, he's got roll a goal on him, man. Roll it aye. back, Scott Brown. No, no, with the Baldy, Baldy's kid. <laughs> aye, he's got a goal on him. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I'm, uh, in fact, I think we touched on that earlier. I can't mind it's by <laughs> uh, I, I think he, I don't know. I think somebody had said that he is a dead ball specialist. Like, I think that that's that's I, I think it does. Somebody, somebody mentioned it, but uh, actually, based just on into my head, okay, no, I think he maybe is, but I'm not sure. I'm I'm not convinced. Again, but I, 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 I'm, get, I'm, look, I'm looking at the last John three, well. four, so many years. Uh, then like Brighton and Huddersfield probably are getting many free kicks. If that makes sense, they'll not be attacking a lot, so to speak. But if you're a specialist, you your 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 returnal name to be called a specialist, you'd have to have a returnal name, is what I'm saying. I bet he's, maybe, might... he's a specialist, but he's maybe he's maybe got, he's a maybe kick got kick t- had ten free kicks and scored ten of them. But they could have respect like Huddersfield will not be attacking attacking for ninety minutes again. But if you, if you go if you if you go by the the, the championship is SP uh, above SPFL level according to people. Uh, in EPL when he played at Brighton in EPL as well. So he played in the English Premier League at Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. There you go, uh, but I think, as I said, it 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 seems to have just really really divided. I personally would much rather see us bring in somebody uh, who a wee bit younger, 
and who who's got ceiling and, and fair business standpoint as well makes sense uh, in terms of his future prospects. No somebody who's coming off the back of a knee injury, uh, etc. Uh, as a his work rate is is quality as well. By the way, I, I'm only going off again what I seen him at Huddersfield, aye, that, and his work rate is quality. But this is that you're you're aye, you're basing aye, an opinion and, on how you seen him five years ago, which is fine. Oh, but, but you're wanting to sign a guy like Michu on five games that you've never seen one one in play. Francis, that's not what I said. I said he's, the, the, Michu, the difference between Michu and Moy is, is Michu's 19, Moy's 31. Moy's in terms of footballing Michu years, in terms of footballing years, Michu's got a m- much longer career ahead of him and a much higher ceiling. Of course Moy's peaked. Moy's no gone. Like Moy, for me, he's already peaked. And he's either going to stay at this sort of level, and he's or he's going to he's going to be in a decline. If you go off his past three seasons, he, he looks like he's on a decline. Ange might be the guy to bring him back to his best. We don't mm-hmm. know. But if you're basing it on what we do know and the fact that he's barely he, he's not really featured, then you have to ask: Well, is he going to be the right fit? Is what I'm saying. The difference with Mitchu, as I said, though, is he's a young guy. He's getting likened to an absolute world class player. He's playing and he's getting games and quite possibly one of the best teams on the planet. And absolutely stacked with talent, and he's he's fighting for a, a, a place, and he's getting games, and you're getting him for. Let's see, for a place. I don't like the fact that oh, he's liking to variety. Fair enough. Mm. Like it's still that might be the case. And, and, and aye. That, aye. aye, but I mean, people can be likened. Do you know what I mean? Simon Donnelly was likened to Kenny Douglas. He was the next Kenny Douglas. Simon mm. Donnelly was all right. He done a, a good job for Celtic. I love Simon. But he, he never became the next Kenny Douglas by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, no, absolutely not. Aaron Moy, I'm not saying Aaron Moy is. It's evident he's no got as much to give in a, in a sense of a career. But you need that level of experience as well. And again, I'm going back to the Sutterfield days because that's all I know. He was a a huge part of why Huddersfield stayed in the league that year. He was outstanding. Mm. Well, as I said, it remains to be seen. Uh, any player that comes in, I'll get my backing regardless. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not particularly excited by it personally. I'm not saying I'm excited, John, but I just think it's. I think some folks' reasoning for no liking him is a bit poor. Like picking a 19 year old over a 31 year old just because of age, I think is. It's not just age, it's, it's, it's ceiling, it's his potential, it's the business aspect to it as well. I, I, there's a lot of things taking into consideration where. So, would you say signing Jackamakis at 26 year old and a five year contract is a business deal? It makes sense. Uh-huh. I mean, he's just come off the back of being the top goal scorer in the uh, in one yeah, of the. But you're top signing leagues. him for the long term till he's like 30, 31. And... Aye, but is he going to stay for his that full five years? Who knows? Hopefully. If he does, and, and, and he performs well, he's what we paid for him compared to what we can get back after him is going to be significantly different. And again, well, if you sell, he's, if you sell he's, it, he's still... Aaron Moyer making money on him. 26. Mm. He's How coming you know? in for nothing, though. It, it, Aye, it, this is what Aaron Moy well. will, will not be sold. He'll either no, be let go at the end of the, 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 the year's year. contract or he'll get another year. That's mm. it. And then he, he, he might go after that. He won't be sold, but we're, nah, not, putting a, we're, no, we're, we're not putting an outlay on him to get him in. So it, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't I matter. agree. I said that. But aye. anyway, moving on, Franny. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're fucking at it. Um, <laughs> the... he, he's poking you the night He's poking the bear <laughs> He's got to go to bed again for My bed again Just drop one in and go to bed no, you, know I, you, know, you know I riced it 
so moving on for the sort of transfer rumors, right? Um, obviously, we've got a, another exciting game coming up on Wednesday, um, where Celtic obviously travel over to Poland uh, for Boric's farewell. Um, where they handpicked Celtic to play like it was so. Um, it looks like their ticket issues being sorted, so that that is, I think, it's expected at this point to be absolutely packed. Um, so that I think the atmosphere and that's going to be incredible. Uh, and again, it, it's it's looking like a proper friendly. It's a way saying bye to one of Celtic's greatest keepers uh, and one of, uh, an icon for both clubs. Um, what do, what are you looking forward to that game? Do you think we're going to treat it competitively, or do you think it's going to be like a just sort of a, a proper friendly, like one of these sort of, sort of testimonial type of games? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if it'll be. A, it's hard to tell. I think it might be more. I honestly don't know, John, because I I think Anne's might treat it more competitive than Lega might treat it. Uh, they'll maybe treat it more as a test more. I've uh, I've maybe just read it. I don't know. Is Boris maybe playing this like a second half for Celtic or something? I mean, I've just randomly. Read he might. I mean, he like might do it just to get Boric a wee show and a aye. But I mean, that could just be somebody making shot. But I think when the first time. Fairly, I mean, we've seen it in the past. So I, I mean, think it, Celtic it's will possible. Put a fairly strong squad, but and again, they'll they'll treat it more as preparation for. For Aberdeen, whereas I don't know where similar to Blackburn, I don't know where they are in their pre-season when their season kicks off. So how they treat it is no my interest, really. I'll be honest. And 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 in terms of, do you think we're going to? Do you think it's going to be like a a, a sort of experimental lineup, or do you think Ange nah. is going to go with a strong team off the bat? I think it'll be a strong team. I think maybe Seagrass might start just. And my heart coming, but I think in the main it'll be a strong team. Fair enough. What about yourself, Ross? Is that a game you're looking forward to? Do you think we're going to come out swinging, or do you think it's going to be a quite light-hearted affair? Uh, I mean, as a friendly, what kind of fucking question is that? Like, <laughs> fucking, it's a fucking friendly. They're going to play it like a fucking friendly. What you want me to say? <laughs> is this you taking the piss out of Joe. Uh, I think it'll just be where it is. No, I mean it'll be a bit. Of a, it will be a, a friendly affair because it's for Boric. And if if what you've said there is true that he's going to play a, 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 the second half for Celtic or whatever, there's going to be a laugh and a joke. It's mm. it's going to be a sort of carnival atmosphere for a, a legend, a Liga like Warsaw and Celtic for me. Mm. A, and it's we're there to celebrate Boric's career essentially. But again, it's another game. We're getting closer to the start of the season. I think you probably find that the the lineup will be fairly similar to what it was on Saturday. Uh, but again, I think that you'll find that the Norwich game will have a bit more needle, a bit more competitive edge to it. But purely down to the fact that it's a, a Scottish and English team more than mm. anything else. Uh, yeah. But aye, I think you'll find that it will be a more sort of carnival atmosphere, uh, light-hearted affair uh, against Liga. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I really do hope we get to see Boric donning the mm-hmm. uh, the Celtic keepers top one last time uh, before he hands it up because he's been mm-hmm. he was absolutely one of my, mm-hmm. one of my favourite uh, Celtic players. Um, so uh, just coming the best in, goalkeeper in Celtic history for for us anyway. Arguably, Celtic's best goalkeeper in our lifetime. Aye, I would agree with that. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so just quickly then, coming to uh, yourself, Francis, have you got a prediction? I'm, have, uh, I'm going to have to go Seacrest and goals in, aren't I? And then I think Juranovic will start. Obviously, he came for them. Taylor would start. And I think it's got to be CCV, CCV and Welsh. It seems like Welsh has got the nod. Callum McGregor, because he just always plays. Hattati, because I think I've seen pictures of him training. And then maybe Tumble playing as well. And then up front, probably Maeda, maybe Jack. Well, I'd probably say Kyle, because obviously Jack and Marcus is just having him might be getting some extra time off instead of flying away over to Poland, maybe just get time to stay at home and stuff. Breastfeeding and that. I can. <laughs> By the way, not get much at the apex, man. You'll need to be sucking. You'll need to be sucking. <laughs> and uh, maybe James Forrest starting on the right. And I think. If, I, I would say maybe a 3-1 victory to us, but then if, if Boric is, if what I've read at, at one point is true, that Boric is going in, it could just be one of the silly 3-3 free, free draws or whatever, or maybe they'll get <clears> a win or something, they'll get a wee, a wee Rangers penalty just to make sure they win the game, just because it's obviously testimonial and that. Aye. What about yourself, Ross? Um, I think it'll probably be Hart and Goals, Juranovic, uh, Taylor, CCV, I'd like to see Julian start, but I think it'll probably be Welsh. Um, McGregor, I think, maybe, possibly Hattati, like Franny says. If not Hattati, then Turnbull and Oi. O'Reilly, I think. Who else is it? I think uh, O'Reilly and McGregor will certainly start, and it'll be between Hattati and uh, Turnbull. Uh, and then Maeda on the left, possibly Forrest on the right, maybe Jota, it's eh, a friendly in it, and then Kyogo up front, I think, like Franny says, Jack Marcus will still be probably getting a wee bit of mere time off. Eh, he'll be on the paternity leave. <laughs> eh, <laughs> but I, I score prediction? Um, I don't know. 5-3 to Celtic. <laughs> Or if you're Sean, over (laughs) 7.5 goals. Uh, Well, that's eight. Eight for Uh me, so that'll do. Aye. No, listen, uh, boys, it's been absolutely fantastic chat. Uh, I think we've went over a little bit. So for everybody who's stuck by for the the past hour and so ever many minutes, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Always appreciate you guys coming uh, and spending your nights with us. Um, I know the boys' bosses already started and you're 25 minutes late catching the bus so again uh, appreciate you coming and spending time with us um, and again uh, massive thanks to everybody in the comments uh, Franny, Ross uh, for the discussion uh, and uh, again if you've not already if you're just tuning in uh, you're knowing the comments or whatever the case may be like, subscribe to the page um, if you if you do like the content we're putting out um, there's also an option to become a member, you get a wee icon next to your name at 99p a month it's just something to help put back into the podcast so we can get people better camp like steven a better web camera and stuff like that uh just so we can continue tony better (laughs) exactly uh just so that we can continue to put out uh, the best content we can uh and again i absolutely love the discussion and love spending time talking about selic we use a lot uh anything you want to add before we go um just to let everybody know that I've got sweat on my sweat. <laughs> I, I'm going for a shower. Got any <laughs> it, man. That's me. 
<laughs> nah, appreciate oh, it, guys. God. But thanks, uh, and everybody else is as well. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your night. Hell, hell. Cheers, Leo.